you own you, your, your USP is you. What you have to bring is unique, and that's what we dialed up, that's what we step into. Welcome to the Moneymakers podcast. I'm Ray Dodd and I help people like you unravel your conditioning and master the skill of moneymaking. So much of traditional business coaching leaves the blame for what's not working in your business, where you're not making money solely at your feet. But I don't believe that any of this stuff happens in a vacuum. So join me, listen to this podcast, listen to all the episodes of the podcast where we will be moment by moment unraveling that conditioning and freeing you up to earn money in ways that work for you. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Money Makers. I've got a lovely guest with me today, but before I introduce her, I just wanted to say that this is one of those episodes where I'm doing a coaching session with somebody. And the whole idea behind these coaching sessions is that we're going to chat through the question that the person brings today. It's Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. <laughs> um, and the idea is to get kind of one realization, one moment of like, oh, okay. Sometimes that might take us 45 minutes. Sometimes it could. It could take five, 10 minutes. We don't know. But that's just to give you a kind of idea. It's not my usual interview. It's not a solo episode. It's one of the coaching episodes. So before we dive into your question, Rebecca, do you want to tell everybody who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So firstly, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Rebecca. I'm the founder of Lock and Rose and a brand and storytelling strategist, which basically means that I help women so largely coaches consultants strategists find the clarity and conviction they need to build wildly fulfilling brands that feel right and do good their Mm -hmm. way but I do that through really leaning into feminine strategies that are rooted in universal truths and the power of story oh you've got a really good elevator pitch there that was (laughs) excellent much better than my I was like ramble on (laughs) That was very good. And so can you tell us a bit about what the question you had that you wanted to bring today for us to chat about? Yeah, so I think like all business owners, like running and starting a business is, it's a journey, right? It's therapy in itself. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing that I really can't kind of crack and the thing that blocks me, I think, from being able to properly show up for my business is finding a way to bring everything that I am now, everything that I've learned, everything I've evolved into, how my interests have changed and show up as her in the Mm. space that I used to occupy when I was in that corporate world. Yes. Um, And I mean, I did everything right. Like I went to uni, I got a job in the the subject. I Mm. worked my way up through the ranks. I accidentally I always say became MD of a marketing agency by the time I was 32 and I say accidentally because it was never my ambition yeah and whatever that means and then I was and it was five great years hard years but great years long story short they merged lots of the offices into the central one and I had to I was made redundant had to make my team redundant had to break up with all our clients dismantle everything yeah um in the same week that I found out I was pregnant and that we moved house oh wow (laughs) yeah I mean it was one of those weeks I didn't process because there was just so much to do and so much going on and one of the deals that we kind of had when we moved here was that my husband was going to leave his job and he was going to build a studio and start his own practice and Mm. it flipped he couldn't do any of that Mm. and so 
I ended up doing that. So I think there was a lot of guilt around, oh, I just have to get on so that I'm not doing, making this sort of harder than it needs to be or prolonging the time that he's not doing that. Mm. Um, And I'm a strategist, so I do just get down and sort things out. But I'm also a very big thinker and a very big dreamer and a recovering perfectionist (laughs) and trying hard to sort of, do all of that and I think that the sort of the imposter syndrome that I've had has led me to believe that until I know everything I can't put myself out there because I'm putting I'm I'll be too vulnerable I'll be at risk of finally being found out to be the fraud that I always right believed that I was did you have that sense of like imposter syndrome when you got that role at 32 like when you were amazed was that something that showed up this is just me like part of why I'm a coach is because I'm so nosy I'm always just like tell me a bit about that part of the story so like did it show up there that sense of imposter syndrome you said it was never part of the plan it happened by accident yeah right and how did that play out I worked in a company that actually wasn't a great company and it was run by people who didn't run know really know how to run businesses it was there was a huge fear culture um, mm. and that massively impacted my confidence but also I feel my progression because I didn't have anyone there that I could learn from yeah and so I left that when I left that company I decided to leave that company I was done with marketing I was going to open a cafe or something yeah um and then was approached by this company who and I didn't really understand what they did it was an agency but they wanted to fly me to Munich and I've never been there so I was like sure I'll just go and have a figure out and it ended up being the most amazing interview we just sat and talked for like three hours or something Mm. Um, and I joined as at the time country manager for the UK which was a new small team there were just two people and it was my job to really act as a client service person and build and establish a relationship with the one core client huge global client that we had and um, which I did and then it got to the point it's like well we're established here so what's next in all the other markets hmm. they're not just white label they've got their own kind of identity they have bigger clients so i pitched for that <laughs> it happened <laughs> amazing like I did instigate it um but and that's why I kind of I instigated it but it because I sort of I guess it's that separation like I knew it was the right thing for the company I didn't necessarily believe that I could do it but I knew it was the right next step mm. I did it anyway and the company was amazing there was so much support there if you had an idea it was her but if you needed support it was given mm. so I never really thought that it was all I guess I never really thought that I was the one doing stuff if mm. that makes sense yeah um and then we expanded and another MD came in and we worked really well together hindsight we were too similar I needed someone who was completely different to me and actually he was really like me yeah um but we had an amazing team like I'm mm. so proud of the team that we built that I built and we're still really good friends today but ultimately it didn't end well like it wasn't deemed successful enough to it for it to be kept as an entity in its own right. Even though since then, I actually had a catch up yesterday with one of the more senior guys in the business. And he was saying that now they want to rectify the huge problem that they made right back then. Oh, wow. Like, which was lovely, lovely to hear. And this is the thing, isn't it? Like rational me is like, you're being a bit of a dick. <laughs> Emotional me is like, but yeah, I don't know. And I think I just didn't process any of it. At yeah the time. I, I just and it's only really recently I worked the strategist before Christmas bearing in mind I'm a storyteller I literally mm-hmm. that's what I do she was like your story ends when you started your business 
I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Dad, and she's like, why is that? Like, you haven't, from that, that's, that's mm. when you, with something to say, mm-hmm. not for you. I was like, whoa. So, oh, love it when someone says something. Like, love it and hate it when someone says yeah. that something like that's you. <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, oh. <laughs> So, what is it that you think is holding you back from either starting this story or continuing writing the sequel, making it a duology or a trilogy? I have rewritten it since then, and okay. it does feel good, and it has helped. I think it's a combination of things. I think because I – oh, my God, there's so much, isn't there? There's always so much when you start on picking. So we talked about the imposter syndrome and stuff. I'm going to leave that to the side. Something else that came up, actually, when I was thinking about how I might respond to this was – I've always been a bit of a magpie in that I get really excited and into something and then I kind of lose interest and mm-hmm. go into something else. Like not lose interest, but it's almost like the excite that wave of excitement goes and then it's just there in the background. Mm. Um and in work that used to show up in that I would get really excited about a new client strategy and then when it came to the implementation of it, I'd be like, something else. Mm. Like I'm I don't I'm not interested. And in my business now I feel like there have been waves of things that I've got really interested in and then have stepped back from and actually it's not that I've stepped back from it's that I learned what I needed to learn to be able to apply it to my business and then I learned something else and it's layering and I can see that it's layering but the story behind that I guess is that I'm a I'm not really an expert at anything I just scratch the surface on stuff so actually it comes back to that fear of like if you're challenged on it, would you really know the answer? I've always been quite shy when it comes to voicing opinions on things. And I wonder if it's all connected. And that showed up differently. Like when I was MD, I used to write thought leadership pieces. I used to do talks at Marketing Week. I loved it. But it was almost like it wasn't my, it was my opinion, but it was protected by the shroud of this company name. It was the company's opinion. It was the company's stance. So if anyone objected, I would have, that wall to sort of stand behind whereas now it's like oh no it's just me how would that wall so if someone had objected how would that wall have given you either protection like practically speaking or even maybe not practically speaking but how would that wall have given you protection or courage like what what would you have actually done in that moment that you you, that you either don't do now or fear you can't do I think I mean, I would have had a band of people around me to reinforce my opinion and probably bounce ideas around on how to respond. Mm -hmm. So there would have been validation. Yeah. Validation, I guess. Yeah. Um, It still would have been me that had to respond. Yeah. Which always scared the shit out of me. And I think that's what it, I think there's something in there and I can't really, I need to unpick it and can't figure it out, but something in there around like, trusting how deep my knowledge goes and trusting Mm -hmm. that actually even if it's not hardcore knowledge my perception or opinion of it is valid enough and that's something that I've always struggled with like I don't have anything original to say yeah and yet when you worked for that company you felt you said you wrote thought leadership stuff yeah and when we had a PR agency so there was Mm. we were always bouncing ideas around there was always kind of like we would we would come I would come up with the idea for the article and the angle and they might write a 
skeleton version, then I would write it. Or sometimes they would write it and I would edit it. Sometimes I would write it, they would edit it. But it very much felt like I had an expert input, I guess. Mm, Yeah. But I also, you know, I think it's really important in all that we do to know that we don't have to have the answers. Mm. So like we come on this podcast and I'm not going to lie, like to do these ones, my my main fear with these is what if I haven't got anything to, to like any answers well if I've got nothing but I also really trust you that you are going to have answers mm. and you know this wouldn't happen in this sort of podcast but if somebody was to ask me a practical question about something I in my coaching I never said I never I mean I couldn't would never pretend I know everything I know that you wouldn't either mm. but in the past you had a group of people to go and ask mm. now it's totally safe to say I don't know let me find out for you Mm. and maybe you said you're still friends with some of those people maybe some of those people would be the people you bounce it off of still yeah Yeah, it's so true it's so true and I just can't seem to bridge the gap between like what rational me knows and what emotional me feels yes yeah it's just this void in between the two of them you almost sound a bit like you sound like somebody who has previously really thrived in that team environment Mm. and you almost sound like a little bit lonely perhaps in your business do you feel that or not does that not feel like it rings true I don't know if lonely is the word isolated at times yeah I would say and I don't ever want to build a team again like that is stress. I don't not stress because they were lovely but like a responsibility Mm. that I don't want to have but I do want to and I've got a great network of business yeah. friends and people that I can call on. But it is, I think it is, I, and I need, I want to start working. I've got a brilliant VA and when we have a project on, we do really bounce ideas and that's great. Yeah. But I definitely feel I need to have more of like a comrade almost like in the business mm. who I can be back on. And whether that is like a copywriter who's inputting or another strategist that I collaborate with or whatever, I think I definitely need more of that because you're right. I thrive in a team environment it's really interesting one of the pieces of feedback from one of the guys I used to manage Mm. he was like you're wasted working on your own Mm. and not because I couldn't come up with the ideas he was like because you're such a mentor and a leader for people so there's an element of like I've always wanted to give that in my business but I think I haven't thought about where I'm getting that from do you offer any like group programs or anything in your business just launched my first group program in January which is something again I thought I could never do because I didn't think I could hold space for people I didn't think I could Mm. think quickly enough for that many people and again working with a strategist she was like come on you need to to I mean it sounds like yeah I was gonna say if you hadn't done that I was gonna be like please do that because (laughs) it's so one of the things that I've been talking about like mostly behind closed doors I can't remember if I might have written an email about it but that's about it is the way that we often, so I can hear how your corporate experience, there's always a different, there's always, maybe rarely there's not, but mostly there's going to be in a corporate environment, a more traditional power structure, where the people at the top are the ones with the answers, and it's a much more patriarchal, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the higher up they get, the less supposedly, like, not necessarily, like, I think we all see the CEO's flaws when we work for them, but they, they it's rare that they'll admit to them and own them you do get people in management and and hire that do that but the culture is generally not that and I can kind of hear in some of what you're saying this feeling of like if I'm in a powerful position I have to know it all 
Mm. And actually, when we do that, we are holding on to power that's not ours. Mm. It gets, it kind of gets obliterated really quickly because no one's should be holding that power, mm. really. Like it does, it kind of doesn't exist, but it's this like false structure of I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. I know the answers. I know the answers. And we, we hold it there mm. and it doesn't, it's not real. Really interesting. I had quite a physical response, almost like, oh, that felt really disempowering when you said that power's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, literally what I teach my clients right. Right. Oh, all the time, always. like about, <laughs> about competition isn't there. Like you, right. you own you, your, your USP is you. What you have to bring is unique. And that's what we dialed up. That's what we step into. Again, I think this comes back to like the being found out. I'm not embodying that all the time. So then am yeah. I a hypocrite for teaching it to my client <laughs> I think we can flip that round I think first of all I want to say we always like administer the medicine we need it's that whole thing of like you know we teach what we need to know sometimes I write and like I think about this stuff so much and talk about it so much because it's something that I have to constantly work on in in so many ways so that's not unusual for anyone listening that is not unusual <laughs> like that's so, so common for us to go, oh my God, I tell my, the amount that comes up in my therapy, I'll, I'll be like, I literally taught a workshop on that this morning. I cannot believe that that's the thing that I need to remember right now. So I think there's that, but I also think we could flip it around and make it more empowering. So yes, there's a bit of like, as the coaches would often say, a growth edge there around like not fully embodying something that you know in your head to be true. But also that means the power you feel like you need to have doesn't exist so you don't need to have it all these people that we see doing these things showing up actually don't hold that power because it's not a power that's possible that it is possible to hold how would that change things that's a really interesting that that felt all good all kinds of good in my body because actually that reframe is that then it's almost like everyone is contributing towards finding out the thing and, and then it's a contribution. That. It's not. And I'm here right now because actually the I'm here right now and I've got all the answers is really fucking masculine. Isn't it? It's really, it's really fucking masculine. Super patriarchal and, and not, and as so many things are in that world, a, a structure that we like poke at and it falls apart. Yeah, that's so true because how can we evolve as individuals and people in a species if we're like well this is the way it's done yeah because that actually goes against everything that it even is to be human absolutely right? and to be a person so interesting like again this is something that I talk with my clients a lot and I talk mm. about storytelling as being so much more than a business tool it's a responsibility because yes. cultural narratives that have governed how we exist for however many years are rightly being dismantled because they're yeah. outdated when you think of gender and you think of race and so people look everywhere for meaning including small businesses and brands and people and so everything that we put out from a story point of view mm. co- contributes to the making of the next cultural narrative and we have to and I talk a lot to my clients I'm like you have to really consider what you're contributing and is that what you want this world to be and is that what you want to see again I'm not doing it I'm like this is how the world is (laughs) and that's all so like that's our conditioning right like we are it's very and I think the fact that you brought up how much the world is changing at the moment is a really good example of how uncomfortable it can be when we take away those perimeters Mm. 
mm. and those and and suddenly it's like well what do I do now like yeah. what what do you mean and actually we find ourselves looking for comfort and so for me it makes sense that you were made redundant you got pregnant all of those things things didn't work out the way you expected with your partner's job all of that stuff and so you would cling to certain truths mm. of that previous identity and carry them through and even though I'm sure you've shed loads of them there's layers of it mm. that show up so many layers and you're right like it's it's a really conscious journey that I've been on and I've done a lot of work on myself again whatever that means I hate yeah. that, like <laughs> a lot I've spent a lot of time learning about myself and mm. exploring that and connecting back to who I am and want to be underneath or outside of all of that yeah but it is isn't it like every now and then I'm like oh right that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> every now and then for me it's like oh right I really can show up however I want yeah it's and like you said it's actually really important I do that it's almost the point is almost the fact that you're like you know we feel imposter syndrome because we feel like who we are is not the right way to be and that we'll get found out for not being the thing we're meant to be in that space but actually the point is that we're not that that's the yeah. point and no one in that space is that no because it's <laughs> exactly exactly so I wonder from what you've said if you take that piece of information that kind of like shift of your thinking mm. How would you be showing up? What would be different if you, you know, I'm not saying you can, I'm always so fond of saying this, but you can't just click your fingers and then be like, right, fully embody this. Sometimes we can actually. Sometimes mm. it's like a momentary, like, wow, that shifted everything. Mm. Often it's a more gradual shuffle, a step into something. If you were to like fully step into that space, what mm. would be different about how you show up, what you're saying? I think it, I would be positioning it more as amusing or like a thought or like a mm. like an exploration almost like this is kind of just what's on my mind right now what do you think kind of yeah thing and just sharing it that way and actually when I think about part of like what the bigger mission for Lock and Rose is like I fundamentally believe that the devaluing and disconnection from like that more feminine way of doing things is literally the root of our world's problems yeah <laughs> I think that if that balance was reinstated then this world would be a much kinder more nurturing healing place for everyone and itself and so so much of what I want to do in Block and Rose is see what I can do to contribute to that and part of it is reframing how we look at how we build brands and yeah. like not just sort of have nice words that we use but how can you build like the essence of that femininity into the core of your business mm. like from the word go and actually everything that we're talking about is to do that isn't it it's like I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm not putting my ideas out there yeah. if I'm scared of bringing those ideas to the place where it most needs changing yeah then that change is never going to happen is it and yeah from what you're saying you're, it's really about humanizing it all and I think sometimes one of the the tricky things because you've talked about like feminine versus masculine sometimes the trickiness when we are in that space is that tradition what's traditionally feminine we need to rewrite what feminine means yeah and Agreed. so sometimes we can fall into that space of like but that means 
you know, diverting to others. That means being kind. That means my opinion is not better than anyone else's. And actually what I love about what you said, of like if, if I was coming at it from this point of view of like shuffling around what power really is or dismantling the idea of it, I would do it more as an offering of a thought, which yeah. we talked earlier about how important collaboration and community is mm. in your work. And that to me makes the thought a collaboration mm. immediately. It's like... Let me offer this out. Like, this is us chatting around the water cooler, kind of like, yeah. like having that kind of like, what do you think about that? And probably more in the way that it would have happened in your previous job in that that part where you really, you know, those parts you really loved. Mm. And so what I would love for you to sit to do, imposter syndrome is tricky. It shouldn't really, it's, you know, it's a systemic problem. It's a societal problem. It's not ours. However, it impacts us in a very real yeah. way. It's a mm-hmm. feeling as well as a yeah. funny thing. But I would really love for you to look at the ways that you, places you didn't feel that and don't feel it, places you didn't feel it in your previous role and ask yourself, how can I turn up the volume on that in my current business? Yeah. That's so true. That's really true. And actually it was, it was the coming up with the ideas. It was coming up with this sort of like fresh way of thinking and, yeah. and looking at things and looking at ways to articulate something differently to get the point to land yeah um and challenging challenging the way things have always been thought of and done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's what I really love to do and actually when you are just challenging something you don't need to I think this is it as well I feel like that need to come with a solution yeah (laughs) if you're challenging something and actually you don't need to nope and actually, if you're bringing the solution, then you're probably just part of the problem. Obviously, but like in the context of what we're talking about, like that's yeah. not that's just shifting the problem somewhere else, isn't it? It's not exactly. actually. And there's so many solutions, and I think that's one of the skills of group work, particularly. Like when you work with a, on one to one with somebody, you can be more like, "So here's your solution for the thing." Yeah. But I could have had this same conversation with someone else with the same question. It would go in a completely different direction. Yeah. So when you're in a group situation, whether that's in like a group coaching or mentoring work, or it's just on on Instagram, on online, on LinkedIn, wherever, you're you're doing it in a different way. And I think putting mm. out these wider concepts mm. and these provoking things and these challenges is so valuable. I think what's probably like a shift for me that I need to sort of sit with is that I've put visibility next to business success yeah like I have to get visible or my business isn't going to grow I'm not going to make the money I'm not going to win the clients I'm not going to do all of those things but actually shifting it is well visibility isn't about maybe the whole word visibility is quite scary in itself isn't it you have to Mm -hmm. get visible it's not actually like just show even showing up is the same but just sort of like contributing and actually sharing what you think yeah achieves the same thing technically because you are visible and showing up but in a way that is far less connected to success yeah and I think for me visibility is really about showing up as you are in every single aspect of your business now that takes time but it's like look I like because I feel like there is a big part of you that knows that you are really good at this, that there is a lot in your future, that you are capable Mm -hmm. of making big amounts of money and having a big impact. I can feel that in parts of you. And then there's the other part that's like, what if that's not true? 
what if I'm wrong (laughs) what will they say what will happen and so it's about like visibility to me is about standing in that part that knows including the opinions and the thoughts and the excitement like when you were talking earlier I literally want to stand up and be like yes all of those (laughs) things like do them and uh, and say them and like standing up in that and being like well if I fully embodied that if I could pull the layers off of all this conditioning that says, says to me, I have to hide these parts and, and, and kind of like shrink these parts. If I stood in all of it, what would be happening in the business? Mm. How would I be showing up? And you let that. So yeah, it can be showing your face, but I would say visibility of your thoughts, visibility yeah. of your opinions, visibility of your ideas, visibility of your unique way of saying things mm. is far more important. Yeah. I also think I need to get on Instagram Mm. (laughs) and actually think about where the spaces are that these conversations are going to have real impact and make the most change. And I think, Mm. I think I keep myself small by sticking to Instagram because it feels much safer, but actually it's not, I know it's not where I'm going to have the biggest impact in this. Have you got a podcast, Rebecca? No. Just gonna just gonna leave that there. <laughs> I have to say, like, I was waxing lyrical in the client only group about this. I was banging on about how amazing podcasts are for that. Mm. I think because they keep working for you when you're not doing stuff. Like people yeah. can go through all of my stuff, they get a sense of what I think. I get I get to like and I get to have these sorts of conversations. I think they're amazing for that. And they're an amazing thing where if you're kind of experimenting outside of various social medias that can be a separate thing and it gives you the power to sort of dip into other spaces as well or yeah that's true to me podcast and newsletter are um staples of businesses because you kind of own that media like not entirely but you sort of do yeah um okay cool so I feel like that's a really good place to To wrap up Yeah. yeah how does that feel feels really good I feel like um it's everything is about reframing isn't it everything is about reframing and separating the things that are causing you whatever it is angst whatever limiting beliefs and separating it from the pressures that make them yeah like feel that way yeah and actually just the reframing of yeah actually I've got these ideas what I loved is having conversations and musings around this yeah. Why am I doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's my whole of 2021. <laughs> why am I not doing all the things I loved it? What why is that? Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, no, it's been I've got a lot to sort of sit and think about, but just even yeah, it's been really helpful. Really yes, helpful. I'm so pleased. We frame this and also thinking about like longer term, like how this evolves beyond like my tagline is the art of figuring shit out and I love it because it's literally what I do with clients outside of business and actually the the way to do that is to explore yeah question and dig yeah and so actually I've thought a lot about how I want that tagline to actually be its own thing and that's that's the longevity in the business it might not be the brand Mm. strategy that's the longevity in it so actually that needs to evolve into a thing whatever that looks like yeah absolutely I'm really excited for you and I think what you do is so important it's so needed so I only ever want to hear like you know like and I think we all have to do that like it's figuring shit out is is so much it includes our internal stuff doesn't it yeah, like, it's yeah, like yeah. 
I was thinking this for myself and I've had a real shift in 2021, feel, uh, 2022, sorry, as opposed to like last year was really hard. And I was talking to my husband about it and I was like, I think a lot of it is just that like I'm a bit of a dog with a bone with some of this stuff where even when it's really hard, I'm like, no, I am going to find whatever it is that yeah. that is the next step out of this or a lot mm-hmm. something or whatever it is. And I can just be really, really like if, if, if I've got any like prevailing skill, that's probably it. Like, I'm just <laughs> not going to let this go. And I think I can see that in you as well of that. Like, why am I doing what's going on here? And it's such yeah. a thing to have across your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, thank you thank so you. much for joining us. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, of course. So I'm on Instagram as Block and Rose um, on LinkedIn, and my website is www.blockandrose.com. Nice. Thank you so much, Rebecca. All right. Thank you.